Welcome to Frankly Speaking Podcast, Breakfast Bar Edition. up trying to have a little fun on the track a little bit uh welcome back to frankly speaking podcast i'm your host frank g and this episode is a breakfast bar episode so those of you who are familiar with frankly speaking podcast you know breakfast bar episodes are interviews and this interview is one that i have been seeking for a while you know this young lady is a notoriously difficult person to pin down but she's busy and that's why she's on the podcast and her work that she's doing is i think is very important and i think her voice needs to be heard uh, because of exactly what she's doing and you will you know do the introduction and everything when uh the interview starts prior to that what I wanted to do really quickly is I want to go ahead and let you all know that if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can support the podcast by sending, you know, any donations, no matter how small or large to frankly speaking pod at cash app. And like I said, anything small or large will help the podcast keep going because it does take money to keep this stuff going and um, so I'll link to that in the show notes as well as the track that you just heard uh, and as well as uh, Jade's information you know she'll speak she'll give it out during the interview as well but I'll also link to it in the show notes but yeah we got a great interview you're about to listen to and like I said I've been trying to track down Miss Johnson for quite some time now and it's she's notoriously difficult to pin down let's just leave it at that you know I've been you know asking them like Jay these people you know the the family the folk the world needs to hear what you're doing and the work that you're doing and what you're accomplishing especially you know the folk who want children or who having children or going through childbirth and things of that nature uh it's extremely important to hear the work that she's doing and i learned a lot in the interview myself you know i thought that i you know did pretty good for a first-time father you know when my little one was being uh you know, was in the oven and I thought I took care of most of it. I went to all the, you know, 
the doctor visits, the all that stuff. I did. I was right there every step of the way. But after listening to her, it was so much more that I could have done, but I didn't know. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the breakfast bar with Jay Johnson. Enjoy. We have a special guest, a guest I've been chasing around to get on the podcast for at least six months now, and we finally found time to get it done. She's here, and this guest I've known for many of years now, uh, brilliant, brilliant woman, and Without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest. Our guest is Jay Johnson, founder of the JJ, and she is a doula. She's also an educator in special education. She's a mother, amongst other things, and she's a free thinker as well. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Jade on so she can give you a little background of who she is and what she is. Greetings, vagina owners and lovers. I am Jade, owner and operator of Vijay Jade Birth Services and Encapsulation. I am a birth and fertility doula, as well as a Yanni Steam practitioner and a placenta encapsulation specialist. In my free time, I'm a teacher. Um, not really my free time, right? Um, so by day I'm a teacher, um, I teach special education and I've been a teacher for 10 years now in various grade levels from elementary to high school. And I've always had a love for science. I have a bachelor's degree in biology and I love all things vagina. So from periods to postpartum, I am your girl. So as everyone can see, we have a wealth of knowledge as you as I said, you know, as I was introducing Jade. She's brilliant. So my first question to you, Jade, would be what has been your experience so far as a, a doula, and more particularly as a black doula in uh in your field so far? Um, my experiences so far have been great. Um, I am attracting the people that see me and value what I offer in the education and information that I know. Um, I've attended one home birth. I will have the experience of attending a twin birth soon, um, hospital, home, birth center. I've experienced pretty much all of the settings now, um, and they're all different and magical in their own way. Um, and in each and every situation, my presence has been appreciated and needed. And the feedback is always, I don't know what we would have done without mm-hmm. you. And that is the most um, rewarding part of being the doula because a lot of times, especially the dads are like, oh, what do I need you for? I'm going to be there. And then when I start saying stuff, they'd be like, huh? Or we get into the situation and they'd right, be like, right. uh, I'm here. And a lot of dads are there, but they aren't present. Right. So people um, often 
we'll say I don't need a doula. And um, in the words of Drake, it's good to have me on your side. I ain't saying that you need me, right. but <laughs> you know, if if situations come to come to be, which they do often, being as though black women are three to six times more likely to die in childbirth, and that's simply because we're not heard, we're not educated. Um, and we think we have to go into these institutions mm-hmm. and do what we're told. So just and like when you say institutions, you mean the hospital, uh, hospital. period. It's, it's an institution. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's not me downplaying the hospital. I went to one the other day. If I need mm-hmm. something from them, then I will go to them in the event of emergency. But birth and pregnancy are natural events that sometimes need medical intervention, but it's treated like it's a medical uh event that Mm -hmm. sometimes can happen naturally so to change that narrative is my purpose Mm -hmm. so you said something at the end there you said it's treated as a medical event that sometimes happens naturally Mm -hmm. when it should be the opposite it's a natural event Mm -hmm. that sometimes needs medical um intervention Mm -hmm. and how many people you know that had an emergency C-section? There was likely no yeah, emergency except yeah. for they were impatient and they didn't want to wait for your body to do what it needed to do. There's no time clock on having a baby. My first baby, my water broke at 10.30. I had a baby not even two hours later. Mm-hmm. My second, my water broke on Thursday night and I didn't have a baby till Saturday. Mm-hmm. No one rushed me. I had my doula. I had my birth plan. I knew what I wanted and I still had a baby in the hospital. And everything I wanted from that situation, mm-hmm. um, everything I wanted from my birth happened as I wanted it to because I knew my rights I knew what I could do and I knew that it was up to me mm-hmm. if I would have went into that situation rushed to the hospital whatever whatever and 24 hours passed oh we need to get that baby out of you it's been too long but being as though people weren't constantly coming in and sticking their hand in my vagina mm-hmm. I didn't have an epidural so I was able to move freely I was able to work with my body again there's no time limit on having a baby so there's no you taking too long or the baby's stuck or whatever you have to uh navigate birth as it comes to you you can't control it you have to go with the flow Mm -hmm. so it seems you know just listening to what you just said there so what changing the 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 thought process or the thought form in terms with you know women and and the fathers Mm -hmm. would a area to attack when trying to educate um, mothers and fathers would be the time piece, like the patience piece. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, there's no time limit on these on these babies when mm-hmm. they come. You know, and it seems as if the medical institutions have said it always ha- is. Oh, nine months, you should already have the baby. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. We've know we've know so many situations where. I know too personally where there have been two premature babies. They're perfectly fine, perfectly healthy. Nothing's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And I know people who have children who came out at 10 months, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, and the thing that patience piece, it seems to me is the, one of the most detrimental parts of having a baby everyone's mm-hmm. impatient oh i want to see the baby i want the baby mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. you know and on the women's side just from being a father myself it's always oh i can't wait for this baby to come out oh you know and it's 
almost as if they're worried about their you know body as they should mm-hmm. be but more so worried about their body in terms of uh if they're going to snap back How or this kind of stuff yes after the fact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what was have what's been your experience with that how do you help uh the mothers and the, and the fathers that you work with in trying to manage that expectation of image during the pre- pregnancy so um to start at the beginning you don't have any options if you don't know that you have options at all. Mm-hmm. So most people take pregnancy and labor and quote unquote delivery from what they see on television. Mm-hmm. So they don't know that there's options. They don't know that you don't have to lay on your back. They don't know that you don't have to have an epidural. They don't know that you should really sit down for those six weeks that they tell you to sit down. I didn't um, know that either. And snapping back and all that stuff is a social contra- construct where we think we need BBLs and all of those things, but all of that is really detrimental to um, motherhood and there's a lot of things that leads to quote-unquote postpartum depression. So postpartum is the period after you have the baby and depression comes from you having um, maybe unrealistic ideas of what it should look like or feeling mm-hmm. inadequate and mm-hmm. that could tie right back into your body is my man still going to want me i know women that have opted for c-sections because they think their vagina is not going to go back to what it was yeah, that... so in the education piece your vagina is a muscle mm-hmm. your uterus is a muscle and at the time of pregnancy grows to be the biggest muscle in your body the biggest and strongest to the point where you don't even have to push a baby out. Your uterus will do it for you if, what was he just talking about? Time. If your body is left to do what it is supposed to do on its own. It's called the fetal ejection reflex. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen videos, if you follow my page, I've posted some where the baby just seemed to slide right out. Mm-hmm. Your body forced it out. It pushed it out because it knew it was time for it to expel. Right. Just the same with the placenta. Your placenta is going to come out. Women aren't taught that either. That your placenta is part of your delivery. Mm-hmm. It's the... um is it third stage of labor? Um, and your placenta comes out, there's no time on that too. Mm-hmm. There are doctors who rip women's placentas out. Your body still contracts to get the placenta yeah. out. Yeah. There's there's so many pieces that go along with it. But to go back what you were saying about the uh, image and how I educate um, families on what it's like is I tell the postpartum period is the fourth trimester. So you have to prepare for that when it comes to snapping back and all that kind of stuff. You can't snap back if you're not eating healthy. You can't snap back if your mind's not healthy. You can't mm-hmm. snap back mm-hmm. if you don't have um, a support system. Right. You can't snap back if you're not prepared. So you should spend pregnancy preparing. And as the doula, if you go to the doctor and the doctor's telling you, you have to do this test and you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do that, all mm-hmm. crammed into a 15-minute time period, you leave there stressed. Yeah, you're stressed, girl. I mean, I've never even heard anyone even refer to the time right after the delivery as the fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've heard of that. And it, it, it makes sense, you know, to name it such as that, because if you said like, hey, you know, you're going to you have four trimesters and like four trimesters. Yes, you have your traditional three Mm -hmm. with the baby Mm -hmm. then you have your fourth one after the baby which is your recovery time Mm -hmm. and this is where you're gonna you know need to do all of the work Mm -hmm. you know getting yourself your mental self back together take care of yourself in that respect like i think that would have been 
a huge, huge help for so many women that went that go through um, postpartum depression, mm-hmm. but also also the fathers and the families, um, especially the fathers that are right there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't when your woman goes through that postpartum, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, you just had the baby. What's going on? with you? Why are you acting like that? Mm-hmm. I've been doing everything you asked me to do. Why? Like, I don't understand. And that kills a lot of relationships mm-hmm. because the men don't understand what's happening. Right. It's like, we're thinking about like, all right, she had a baby. She about to be, you know, back to herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she ain't got the heat on blast. She ain't got the air conditioner on blast. I'm good now. No. And for on her side of it, it seems as if having that expectation kind of alleviates the cognitive dissonance that would come along with, all right, after my baby, I'm going to, you know, as we said, you want to do the snapback or, mm-hmm. you know, how's he going to receive me now that I still have a little weight left on there. So I look, just even hearing that just put a whole different perspective uh, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause I, like I said, I would have never even heard anyone say the uh, fourth trimester before. That's the first time I ever heard it. And it's a lot of disproportion there because you spend 40 weeks growing a baby. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is 40 weeks, which equals 10 months, not nine. Um, 10 times four is 40. Um, <laughs> so you need that You need that full 40 weeks. Now, no one can pinpoint when you got pregnant. So when that baby is quote unquote due is a complete guess. Um, and that goes right back into the unrealistic um expectations of pregnancy because the numbers are already messed up mm-hmm. the proportions are you're going to stay pregnant for 40 weeks you're going to go see a doctor once a month for 15 minutes and then you're going to have a baby and you're going to see a doctor one time mm-hmm. in six weeks so i see i saw you once a month every month for 10 months and now you're only going to check on me one time mm-hmm. after this baby comes out you're going to have me ask me these questions and see if i'm okay ask me if i'm safe at home xyz to make sure nobody's trying to hurt me make sure i'm not suicidal or whatever the case may be um and then it's like I just got this baby. So you got the baby and you got to learn how to be a mom. You got to mm-hmm. learn how to breastfeed. You got to learn how to still love your man. You got to learn how to still take care of your other kids. You got to think about going back to work in six weeks. Yeah. yeah. I'm going back to work in six weeks when I just grew a person for 40 weeks. Yeah. I didn't gain this weight. My hair fell out or this or that or the other. And now I have to reacclimate to life. So birth is not just about birthing a baby it's about birthing a mother so mm-hmm. whether that's your first baby or your sixth baby every single one is going to be different every time yeah. the preparation that goes into it is what's really the key because we wouldn't have high rates of postpartum depression and things like that if we had higher rates of preparation mm. so just become just because things are natural don't mean that they come naturally mm-hmm. So as the doula, I'm helping you to stay connected. We're talking about things. You leave that 15-minute appointment, then you come talk to me for an hour. Unless you have a midwife. If you have Mm -hmm. a midwife and that's a traditional midwife, every time you see her, you're spending an hour with her and talking about everything from what you eat. They're not just saying, you need to eat better, you need to take your prenatal. They're telling you what to eat, Mm -hmm. how to eat, how often to eat, how to avoid because um, planning about periods Mm -hmm. and things like that because... We've attributed those periods to I can get pregnant now, which is true. But what we didn't teach is the phases of that cycle that are going to truly get us pregnant. We aren't taught uh, don't have sex during this time or be cautious. We're, we're taught take a pill so you can't get pregnant to still satisfy the man. So you can still be able to have sex to still 
do things that are going to welcome him in and saying no because you're fertile isn't something that a man might like to hear but if we're again taught these things and they become the norm then they would be what happened yeah and it sounds to me and (laughs) this word i'm about to use is almost like kryptonite (laughs) but it almost i mean what you're saying is accountability yes and being accountable for knowing how your body works Mm -hmm. and being accountable for standing on what you know and what you want is another of the issue here Mm -hmm. because as you pointed out you know if you don't want any children, then you shouldn't be having sex when you're fur- when you're ovulating. Mm-hmm. You should not be having no sex at all, mm-hmm. whether condom sex or not. Because I mean, unless you know you tell him, "Hey, put the condom on. I'm ovulating. I don't want any children," and make sure <laughs> make sure you pull out with the condom on. And you know, you if you take in extreme steps like that during that time, and you know you can be disciplined and do that, then okay. But the more pressing thing is one of the things that you said was making the man feel, you know, inclusive or wanted when you're, you know, having sex during ovulation. And then that's a lot of times how people get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's anyway. a hard task because when I'm ovulating, I want you, I can smell you from outside. Yeah, I know yeah. that he is here. Okay. My, cause, because your body knows and your body's communicating mm-hmm. with you. And then he come in with a fresh haircut. Mm, he don't even, he could look scruffy. Mm-hmm. He could be, he could have came in from cutting grass with uh, his um, air ones from high school on. And once your body is ready, it's going to be, it don't mm, matter. Mm. But your body knows and it's going to tell you. But that accountability is definitely the big piece in all of it. Because, again, if we learn it then, we'll have better success later. Prevention beats a cure. We wouldn't need the birth controls and things if we had these conversations. But enough of our mothers weren't taught because this information was taken away from us like so much other information because if we can depend on a birth control pill why i need to do all of that it's a a band-aid on something it's a microwave um solution to the problem i'll just take this pill and i won't get pregnant but what you might get is like the commercial you might start pissing purple headaches um liver damage uh left right left right leg might fall off cysts fibroids short periods ble- yeah. bleeding for three yeah. months call your doctor if you have any of these side effects yeah. and then it's like mm, you'll go to the doctor and they'll say oh that's normal it's normal that you've been bleeding for six weeks after getting this shot yeah. it's not normal none of it's normal it's just common and it's what's accepted now yeah. Yeah. so what we continue to accept it is what we will continue to receive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so a lot of this information is shunned sometimes from me because it's like what you don't want me to take birth control what i'm supposed to do my man ain't going to that ain't the man you needed to be with anyway no. if he can't take no for a couple days <clears throat> exactly. or if he can't learn the balance or yep. it's some yep. natural supplements that he could take or he could get some birth control mention male birth control is a no even after women have babies mm-hmm. get your tube side get a vasectomy mm-hmm. that's the outpatient procedure mm-hmm. you want me to go get my body cut back open or whatever and get my tubes tied what is that going to do to my body yeah it's going to have effects it's going to have effects mm-hmm. and then some people i don't care what it's going to do i ain't having no more kids okay you don't have more kids but guess what you do have something else for you to go need the medical system mm-hmm. for you and again they're yep. there for things that they need to be there for but let's not create things um for them to need to do mm-hmm. and all of this comes with accountability and education yeah so and here's the other part too that i want to because 
it's not just even though a majority of this is about women because they carry the the people mm-hmm. they bring they are the portals that you know we incarnate into this world however in terms of the men just listening to you lets me know how much even though i've been through the process of how it is now the traditional process you you know when uh my little one was born we went to the birth center mm-hmm. we went we did the entire thing through the birth center however um in that process we had to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and we could have stayed with the birth center but she didn't feel comfortable so we ended up going to the hospital and went that route mm-hmm. at, at the very end so uh we drove you out there she um what was her discomfort? Mm-hmm. Did she uh, not trust meconium, herself or not meconium trust Meconium in the womb. Oh, wow. So uh, the birth center said that we could continue on. However, we could go to the hospital just in case. And this so, is in the middle of the This labor? is when her water broke. Okay. And it was, they noticed that there was meconium in the womb. I think that's what caused the water to break. Mm-hmm. So basically, she pooped in and mm-hmm. <laughs> she had a bowel movement. So <clears throat> from there, she kind of felt. Uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I didn't even know what Maconian was when right. they said I was like what the hell is that mm-hmm. so uh, you know lack of you know knowledge education on both ends kind of pushed us down that route but just to be you know she felt safer there so that's what we did mm-hmm. and just listening to you lets me know that as a man and and men in this world the ones that are you know procreating responsibly mm-hmm. meaning you ha- you had a mean to do it and even if the ones that you know sometimes the thing does happen right. you know by you know by accident i guess mm-hmm. you know you, you ne- necessarily planned it but it just happened right and you stay diligent you stay you know with your woman and you you know you go to all the you know all the visits and all that stuff and you're in your children's life it really is important that we are Educate a little better mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yep. Even before. Mm-hmm. Before is really yeah. the case. And especially Be- if you're a person that knows that you want to have a baby. Absolutely. So if you know right now I want to have a baby next year, you should be preparing for that right now. You should. He should. Your diet should change. Mm-hmm. If you're like, there's a lot of women who experience, oh, I'm about to be 30. I need to start getting ready to oh, prepare time, my body. The clock. The, the, so you, yeah. and we start getting about these yeah, clocks, yeah, my biological yeah. clock and all of this and all of that. And then it's, oh, I can't get pregnant. Well, how long were you on birth control? Mm. Some, a doctor will look you in your face and say, you're off birth control. You should start trying. That's bullshit. Don't do it. Birth control depletes your body of minerals. Mm. So if you don't have minerals to build a baby, you can't build a baby. So women who get, who, um, freshly get off birth control they don't have a problem getting pregnant they have a problem keeping the baby mm-hmm. um and that's due most times due to the lack of nutrients because you've been on birth control for 17 years so you've been on birth control for 17 years and then you get off and you immediately try to get pregnant and you have miscarriages you're thinking oh i'm infertile something's wrong with my body some the, what's wrong with your body is that you don't have those minerals mm-hmm. that you need to build that baby well, I'm on the birth control pill and I have a regular period and my period comes regularly. That's all fine and dandy. But on that birth control, you, you, were depleted of, you were yeah. depleted of vitamin A, B, C, D, F, G, iron and iron, all kinds of things. All folate. the other metals. Exactly. All the other metals, the silver and the gold. And, and, the, and the everything platinum. that it's going to yeah. take to build that baby, mm-hmm. to build that blood volume 
and to keep the baby. And back to the men, uh, men don't, men are 50% of this. Mm -hmm. So if you smoking backwoods, drinking Hennessy, eating Pop-Tarts and Pepsi, <laughs> then you that's the 50 percent that's going into your baby and then it's like i had a miscarriage and the woman is always i'm in for i'm infertile yeah, yeah. and i'm this and i'm that and we need ivf and they haven't checked with the man they haven't checked his levels he hasn't started to eat better he just shooting up the club mm -hmm. and keeping it moving but it's so much more to these things that we don't talk about and it's almost shunned again to hear this information mm -hmm. because it's like what i didn't do or whatever or even when it comes to labor, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do that. What are you going to do there? There's a role there. yeah. for you mm -hmm. to be there. Mm -hmm. These people that are coming in and out telling you this and that, they could be telling you something that's right or they could be telling you something that's wrong. And a lot of times, uh, if you just knew or had someone that knew, you could the whole situation would go mm -hmm. completely one, different. One thing that I made sure I did when you know we used to go to the birth center and or when we at the end to deliver uh, the baby I made sure I asked every question mm -hmm. that I could think of, mm -hmm. you know, like every visit I had questions Yep. and to the point where she would be like, don't ask anything. I'm like, no, I need to know like mm -hmm. this. I need to know what's going on. And that and answer right there was her feeling like they were going to feel some type of way about yeah, you. And you I, got I, every right to ask every single I question. I care. I asked every question that I can think of. Mm -hmm. I asked questions that, you know, I came across doing my own research about the body. I asked questions, all kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I want to point out to, to the, to the fellows out there that listen to the podcast, you know, as she said, if you're planning on being a father or if you already are, and you may want another one at some point in the future. Or do, you're doing things that could get you one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you know, cause if you, let's, let's, you know, let's be honest. If you fucking, you're going to have a child. Possibly. You know, it is you are. It is a hundred percent chance that if you're having sex for multiple years, mm -hmm. you're going to have a child at some point. Mm -hmm. And just out here winging it is the, is the problem. Like you, you can't. We cannot continue to keep winging this shit. This shit is designed and it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's this. You know, it, it. We're here for a reason there's millions of sperm basically so what happens is there's millions of sperm that's released when the man ejaculates into the vagina right mm -hmm. those are millions of people that want to be incarnated here mm -hmm. right you, you have to fight you have it's a battle <laughs> there's a war going on to get to that to the you know to that egg and you won you beat out millions of energies and millions of beings that wanted to incarnate in that time and you just hear you just hear giving it to everybody letting everybody have so some you done grown up man boy or girl you done grown up you just out here winging it doing whatever you want to do not realizing that this shit has purpose mm-hmm the you, sexual exchange period it has purpose has, there needs to be purpose going into it and there needs to understand that you were born and you beat out millions of other people mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. i don't know we, so, got, we definitely have to take we have to take sex more serious yes. and again that's right back to periods to postpartum mm -hmm. let's talk about it we gotta Fourth have trimester. all of these conversations that are hard and 
enough of us weren't taught. And, you know, when I first started my period, I had a conversation with my mom and it was basically like, you can have a baby now. And then uh, high school came or whatever. Mm. They realized I was into boys. I had a boyfriend. Uh, 11th grade, my dad takes me to get on birth control. And that was, you know, kind of it. Be Mm. responsible. Mm. The birth control keep you from having a baby. And then I started to learn my own stuff and like, whoa, this can't, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on depot for a long time. Birth control is a whole nother conversation that you can have me back on for sometime. But we don't learn enough about these things and, or we see stuff happen to other people and it's like, oh, that ain't never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. But it is. And it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this be under the guise of, I want to have sex, but I don't want to get pregnant. You see the stories about the yeah. women with the IUDs yeah. and they travel yeah. and da da da. Well, I don't care. I'm gonna get me one because I ain't gonna stop having sex and right. I ain't having no Basically, more kids. So, do you think that whole mindset is women being, you know, acting in a masculine capacity? Because that's a really a. a I won't say masculine because in my feminine energy, I'm a sexual being. Mm. Um, we just have to know how to control that, mm-hmm. and we aren't taught the control. Mm-hmm. I can be a sexual woman. I can wear what I want. I can walk down the street in a thong bathing suit if i wanted to and still be okay in my energy it's about Mm -hmm. the outside that's coming Mm -hmm. in and yeah because the reason why i asked that is because you get this there's this uh this idea going around that you know women who want to just out here fucking basically is trying to be like men you know because men are designed and built to just be able to, as the stigma goes, to just be able to be, you know, having sex as much as they want. And they can. That's physically how they're designed. Depleting and their energy all yes, they want to. They, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because every time, and, and fellas, I said this before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. Every time you ejaculate is almost, it's equivalent to being on a period. The amount of nutrients you lose, the amount of energy you lose mm-hmm. is that is your your period basically there is you not getting away with it just because you don't believe per se doesn't mean that you're getting away with spending that energy mm-hmm. every time you ejaculate you have to rebuild it takes 24 hours to rebuild that energy it takes 24 hours if you're eating properly to put back those nutrients all of that stuff that you lose that the woman loses during her period is everything that you lose in addition to cerebral spinal fluid that mm-hmm. encapsulates the sperm, you're losing that every time you ejaculate. Mm-hmm. So y'all be out here masturbating every day, mm-hmm. trying to fuck everything you see. Mm-hmm. Like, then you wonder why you can't make proper decisions. You wonder why you can't stay focused. You wonder why you don't have any determination. You're just docile. Mm-hmm. And you, again, smoking backwoods, <laughs> Pop-Tarts and Pepsi. Pop-Tarts and Pepsi. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> what, what do you really have? to give you Mm. don't have to give and what you told me one time what was it about the energy um about the give and the take of the masculine and feminine and feminine yeah i mean it's what what did you don't have many conversations (laughs) about the about the energy the take like i could as a woman what was it damn uh, basically like women was it men give give oh yes 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 so the masculine energy is designed to give un just we that's what we do we want to be able to make sure we provide properly we want to make sure we you know make our woman happy we want to make sure we give 
all our gifts to the world and to our children and to our woman. It's like the sun. The sun just gives regardless, like mm-hmm. all day, every day, year round, 24 hours, you know, constantly, basically. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the sun is a masculine energy, because it constantly gives. That's the hallmark. It constantly gives no matter what. The feminine energy is designed to receive that energy and Transform do something it. with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it transmutes the energy. Basically, the woman is almost like the philosopher's stone where it can transform something into something else. Mm-hmm. And what that does is, so the earth is designed, is, you know, considered a feminine energy. Space, the darkness, the blackness of space is considered a feminine energy because it receives the light from the surrounding stars and it does something with it it creates the earth does something with that light that is constantly given Mm -hmm. you see so that's what you know and that's what it's all about this is why you know we're designed our bodies are designed the way they are the woman's designed the way she is and we you know the man is designed the way he is Mm -hmm. because he's supposed to give into that woman and she takes what he gives in this case that we're talking about is the sperm Mm -hmm. and his energy too Mm -hmm. it ain't just sperm itself Mm -hmm. it's also energy so she takes that and creates something with it Mm -hmm. in her body she incubates a person a whole person like do you understand i I, I need to (laughs) Whole people come out of women. Mm-hmm. And yep. once it's like some a lot of times during these pregnancies, the men, like we said, the men that go to some of the some of the meetings, not all of them, most of the time, most men don't go to every single one. Mm-hmm. I went to every single one, but uh, they go to some of them. And, you know, the ones that the doctor say, oh, you're you should bring your, your significant other with you or whatever the case may be. And then they, it's just almost like, you know they deal with the in-home thing and, you know, her cravings and they feel like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I want some ice cream. It's two o'clock in the morning, dog. I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you want what now? I want you to get up and go to Wawa and nah, get some ice cream. Nah, they don't have ice cream at Wawa. They, they do, selling, actually. They stopped selling ice cream Well, yesterday. Rural Farms is a couple miles down yeah, the road so, past Wawa. You know, and he feels as though once he does that, he does, you know, he's actually doing something. And I mean, it's a small thing, but... There's so much more that can be done here. And one of the other things that you brought up, uh, so we're going to pivot a little bit. And I want to talk about the problems that's happening right now in terms of being able to carry the term. Mm. Because I've I've noticed just in my own readings and uh, there seems to be an issue across the board. More more so in other uh, communities like the the white community, mm-hmm. the Asian community, the Arab community, there's they're being they have a real problem. It's almost like well, they're in a negative birth rate. However, they have a real problem with carrying the term. But I also noticed that that's happening in the black community as well. Mm-hmm. Are you know women in general across the board are having an issue with carrying into term. So. What, what do you think is happening here? Um, in the aspect of they're going into preterm labor or babies being quote unquote delivered before preterm and just miscarriages, like not being able to carry the baby at all. So know? just lately in the last year, uh, 
we've had COVID. So um, miscarriage rates were up like 400%. Um, Late term stillbirths or spontaneous abortion, however we want to call it. And a lot of that had outside factors going on with fear um, and inadequacy in our diets and all that kind of stuff. So we've been through a rocky year within the last year. The United States itself is probably like one of the worst places as a developed country to give birth because of all of the stuff that's um, stacked against us as black people, period. Um, Mm -hmm. But just in the last year, we've had a lot going on. So stress itself will cause you to lose your baby because your body is always going to choose you before it chooses anything else. Um, So I tell that to women, too. Like, I lost my baby and And I'm like, ma'am, your body didn't make a mistake. Your body didn't Mm -hmm. fail you. Your body saved Mm -hmm. you. It was going to be the baby or it was going to be both of y'all. So definitely if you've ever lost a baby or had a miscarriage mm-hmm. know that your body didn't fail you it did what it needed to do for you and or the baby um but a lot of things go into not being prepared so women get pregnant because i had sex and now i'm pregnant and i've been there before um so now i'm having a baby what do i do um, I know I haven't been preparing for this, but I'm not getting an abortion. So we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And we start planning for a baby. And then some of us end up losing a baby. Well, that goes right back into how long was I on birth control? What has my diet been for the last year? Mm-hmm. What is my home situation? Am I burning uh, Bath and Body Works candles 24-7? Am I washing the tub with bleach and then soaking my ass in it? Hmm. Um, am I constantly spraying for breeze? Am I putting makeup on my skin? All of that stuff. Your skin is your biggest organ. Mm-hmm. All of it's being absorbed into your body. Uh, the bath and body works, the fragrances, all of that are endocrine disruptors. Your endocrine they system sure makes your hormones functions through your thyroid to produce the hormones. And if all of that stuff is out of whack, then you can't grow a baby um, successfully mm-hmm. because you're missing it's things. A huge thyroid issue going on in our community especially black and hispanics especially the especially the the hispanic community the women in the hispanic community have a have a big issue with thyroid Mm -hmm. and um the ovarian cyst Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and the cysts and fibroids are fed by our diets Mm -hmm. and that's caffeine that's processed food that's meat that's um dairy all of those things are contributing to the cyst and the fibroids and somebody's telling you oh you can come get them removed and then they grow right back what am i going to tell you yanni steam yanni steam yanni steam herbal medicine since mm-hmm. the beginning of time and she does do yanni and steam, i am the yanni steam practitioner and that's all of this ties together for me because again from periods to postpartum mm-hmm. if we can get it right in the beginning and we know what to do throughout those throughout the periods of time, then we can manage it. Mm-hmm. We will be preventing it, therefore not needing a cure. And again, that goes right back into birth control. If you're on birth control and what birth control does, ladies, listen, listen, get your notepad out. Birth control's main focus is to put your ovaries to sleep, to stop your mm. ovaries from releasing the eggs. So if you're on birth control, you don't ovulate, okay? You don't ovulate. So if you've been on birth control for 14 years, you haven't ovulated in 14 years, okay? I don't care about the period that you had at the end of the month. That was a placebo. 
period. So it means you were bleeding because you weren't getting those hormones anymore for those seven days that told you to your ovaries to sleep. Right. Um, so again, you haven't ovulated in all of the, all of that time. So when you get off of those things, you have to reset your body. A year minimum is what I'm asking you to do to reset. Yeah. But your ovaries don't ovulate. You don't ovulate for all of that time. Then you end up with, oh, I have cysts. I have fibroids on my ovaries. Well, your ovaries have been sleeping, not functioning how they should. And then you inhale Bath and Body Works every day. You put mm -hmm. it on your skin. Mm -hmm. Pop tarts and Pepsi. Pop tarts and Stress. Pepsi. You go to a job that you hate every day, and you're in a relationship where you want to love somebody but can't because you got so much else going on. But you need to have sex with them because you need to please them. Mm -hmm. And it's so many things going into it. Uh -huh. And then you're pregnant. So it's so many levels to this that they all have to be ironed out. But again, as a doula, if you tell me I want to have a baby next year and I want you to be my doula, I'm going to start to tell you to prepare. And um, pre preparation, again, mm -hmm. is how you avoid a lot of the stuff, the, the gestational diabetes, the yeah. preeclampsia and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yep. I can tell you what to do to avoid all of that. If you're my client, I can tell you and I will tell you. Um, how to avoid those things. I'll tell you that you have options because you always have options. Um, hospital laws, hospital policies aren't law. You can have your baby at home. You can have mm -hmm. uh, vaginal birth after cesarean, also known as a VBAC. Um, you don't need to go in for that induction. You don't need to take that birth control because they're telling you to. Or that epidural. You don't need to take that epidural. Your body can do it, but if you go into... It with a lack mind state, or and you fear. will come out and with fear. a lack mind state. Mm. Fear is the enemy of birth. If you show up to a hospital and you're afraid, that alone will stop you from progressing in labor because your body is going to protect you yeah, yeah. first at all times. Mm -hmm. So you said something about you know everything that you know when you were talking about you know everything she has to do, you know she has to you know, please her man. She got so much going on. She wants to be in a relationship, but you know, and love someone, but she has so much stuff going on. My question is, is it possible that the, the body, if she's pregnant and she's going through all that, she's working, you know, she's stressed out, you know, from working for someone else that she don't want to work for, you know, she's trying to maintain a relationship you know, and dealing with egos, we all know that two egos can't relate. Mm -hmm. So you're always naturally going to have some uh, disagreements there. Uh, is it where women's bodies kind of abort the baby on itself because it's the uncertainty of the environment that they're in or the feeling of uncertainty that she might have? Yeah, the stress levels, stress levels and cortisol and all of that. It's like, we, we can't do this right now. We can't mm -hmm. do this. And then if you have those inadequacies, it's easy for the body to say, hey, this isn't this isn't what we can do right now. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many outside factors that go into this stuff. Your doctor's never going to tell you this. They're not going <laughs> yeah, to tell of course, you. How would they know? They're not going to tell you. And that's the beauty that's not really beautiful. That's the beauty of the medical industry is, oh, we can, it's a lot of stuff going on. And you came in and told me your ankle hurt and you're this and you're that. Oh, that's just a sprained ankle. But they didn't ask you what you ate. They didn't mm -hmm. ask you about your living situation. They didn't ask you about your environment. And most of us are in these environments forever. Yeah. So yeah. 
We've been inhaling this stuff forever. Mm-hmm. We've been putting this stuff on our skin forever. We've been eating this stuff forever. And that's usually how we justify it. Well, my grandmom did this. Well, yeah. when you was a child, somebody gave you shots. You turned out okay. You all right. We all fucked up. In the, in, in the, is what we're yeah. going to see yeah. where we all trying to figure it out. And, and we've created align. a sense of normalcy out of all of this dysfunction. Yeah. 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 And and it goes back. It, I did a, a podcast on the terrain versus germ theory. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what you're advocating is the terrain theory where if you take care of your body, it's going to take care of you. Yep. If you take care of the environment you're in, it's going to take care of you. Yep. That's the terrain theory mm-hmm. versus the germ theory, which the institutions use basically saying, Oh, you just going to catch stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you just out here and you're going to catch a cold. You're going, you don't catch that kind of stuff. It means you're, you know, you had some bacteria, you must've touched something. Your immune system was low. Mm-hmm. Because you're not taking care of yourself. You got pop stars and Pepsi. Yeah, there you go. Your <laughs> immune system. You you don't you know went out here and got this shot. So now your immune system, which attacks your immune system. Mm-hmm. So next time you come in contact with any type of coronavirus, whether it's a uh, common cold or you know flu or this COVID thing, you're going to have a adverse effect, extraordinarily worse than what you had when you first con you know came in contact with it and that's going to affect your body especially women and men if you're trying to procreate you know so yeah it's, it's so many factors that we have going into all of this mm, with our bodies mm. as women we have the pads that we use um tampons chemicals on them yeah man that's a whole nother conversation they put chemicals to make it smell good but again everything's a business right so if i put these chemicals in these pads and you got to wear this pad for seven days and it's up against your body for seven days and it'll make you bleed more then you'll buy more yeah drive my price of my business up if I put it in a pretty package, then you're gonna do this, mm-hmm. and you can you can buy 42 pads for 3.99. And it's organic. It's <laughs> organic. <laughs> and it's, I mean, they'll they'll sell it to you this way, but no, the orga- organic stuff is going to cost you more. And if you're standing in the store looking at it, the organic pads might cost six dollars, and mm-hmm. the cheap ones might cost three. So the organic ones you're going to get less in the pack, yeah, for more money. And the cheap ones, you're going to get a whole bunch for a little bit. Now, is the organics better for you? Of course, because it doesn't have those chemicals mm. inside of it. Um, we should also be flowing when it comes to our period. We should also learn that your period is not your cycle and that your cycle means a complete circle and that there's four parts of the cycle. Notepad, and get your notepad. Most women don't have a clue about that, and that's how they don't know when they ovulate, and so you're just pregnant on the fly and don't know when to say mm. no and... Um, Oh, my girl PMSing. Well, why is that? There's a reason for the quote unquote PMS. But if you do, if you work with your body, you won't have high levels of PMS. If you don't put uh, certain chemicals in your body, Mm -hmm. you won't have those high levels of PMS. If you know that your period's coming next week and you're in the luteal phase of your cycle and you Yanni steam, you'll have a better period. Mm -hmm. I could go on. But also, (laughs) and if you're active. I, I do know from doing my own research because uh, one thing I I live by is you should know how the human body works. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I did come across, uh, women that are like, you know, athlete levels, like professional athletes mm-hmm. have very light or short period times, mm-hmm. like a day or two, yep. something like that, because their bodies are very active, but also they're eating mm-hmm. 
properly. They aren't taking in all of the trash, and mm. so they don't need to shed as much. And even down to like women say, oh, the the vagina is self cleansing if it's an optimal position and yeah. you know optimal condition. If you are getting backwoods hookah, all of that stuff, then all of that's accumulating into your body. Your body can't process all of this stuff in the manner that it's supposed to if you're not giving it adequate nutrition and exercise Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. movement that it needs life is movement so you you're going to keep having these um awkward situations and we've back onto the period level we've been taught that we should bleed it's okay to bleed for seven days and you're passing clots and dark blood and you can't get out the bed and Mm -hmm. you need you about to off yourself with the ibuprofen none of that's healthy or okay and if you have any of those things that I just named, it's a sign that your body is out of balance and you should be doing cleanses, at least the honest name, and at least trying mm-hmm. to incorporate some things in. It's a manner of simple changes that will make a complete difference for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I did a, the last podcast I just did was uh, Symptoms Are the Solution. Mm-hmm. If you having those type of symptoms that she's talking about, that is just naturally what your body is telling you Mm -hmm. is look this is the best way i can cope with what you're doing Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna have you know bleeder bleeding heavy or longer or clots or my i'm gonna make sure like i'm gonna lock up these muscles Mm -hmm. so we can relax so i can can do what i need to do Mm -hmm. so the symptom is part of the solution but what you doing is you're going as she said you're going to overdose on ibuprofen and and, and what's the mitol mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and you're putting poison in your body and trying to just alleviate symptoms but you're not listening to your body yep mm. yep the symptoms are definitely the solution even you know you, you have the cramping the cramping when you cramp before your period or during your period that is your uterus contraction contracting to release what may be there and you know you shed the lining or mm-hmm. any blood that might be there but at the beginning of your period if you're seeing dark blood or brown blood that's old blood mm-hmm. stagnant blood that is sitting there and accumulating that should have come out um if you're having dark blood at the end of your period that's a sign that you should be steaming too mm-hmm. um yeah i want to steaming should be a thing for everyone at least i want to try it I once or twice a month say. i got you they, she 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 also offers uh, King King Steams. Steams, yeah, and for men out there, because y'all listen, a lot of times, fellas, you are the problem. Yep, you have thrown her pH off. Yep, you just you the problem. Yep, all right. So, whatever you need to do, you need to start eating better. Y'all can eat better together. Mm-hmm. Y'all are gonna have better sex. She's yep. gonna get wetter, yep. she's gonna be more excited, she's not gonna be as passive when she wants to do something mm-hmm. because she's worried about if she smells funny or if mm-hmm. any of that or matter of fact if you smell funny because she don't want to be down <laughs> she don't want to be down she don't want to be down there if she not like oh, i love him but god damn mm-hmm. like get some maintenance together yeah fellas. like switch your soap stop using dove for men stop using that shit please don't put no irish ladies spring. ladies stop using dove, dove you know get you get you some dr bronner's or something like that you know that's what I use personally. I, I think it's great. But uh, so, fellas, look up her site. She's going to, you know, ladies, fellas, she's going to give her information where you can find her, where you can locate her in terms of 
um, the business side of things. If you any basic questions that, you know, she feels as though she can answer that doesn't, you know, breach any uh, questions that she gives to her clients. She, you know, she may have the time to respond to you, but she does have Instagram and social media where you can follow her and get more information. And uh, matter of fact, Jade, won't you give that right now? Um, my Instagram is at underscore v a j a y j a d e dot com. My website is currently under construction, but it is vajayjay.com. You can write that down. Um, Spell it for them. V-A-J-A-Y-J-A-D-E.com. It's currently under construction, but um, I will have all of the information for all of the services that I offer as well as products. Um, Kingsteam-wise, check out my Instagram. I just posted about Kingsteams the other day. And um, I got a lot of feedback from Kingsteams because a lot of men were like, oh, well, is this for gay men? I'm like, no. Kingsteaming assists in strengthening your uh, pelvic floor, floor period. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps to address uh, the prostate. So one of mm-hmm. the major yep. cancers for men is prostate cancer. Yep. And I know a lot of y'all don't want to have to go to the doctor and have him, you know, put the finger in and cough and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't want that. So prevention is better than the cure. Simply steaming can assist. Um, The medicinal properties from the herbs absorb into your anus as well as your bloodstream, period. Because anything (laughs) anything that touches your skin absorbs within your skin. It absorbs into your skin within six seconds. Mm-hmm. Once it's absorbed into your bloodstream, it is distributed to your body to um, where it needs to go for your body to process. Um, it helps with uh, stronger and longer erections. If you have hemorrhoids, it could um, soothe and ease the hemorrhoids. And it's relaxing and a time mm-hmm. for men to be able to release as well. And we need to get back to these practices Mm -hmm. that are going to prevent us from things like cancer. My dad died of cancer at 54. His dad died of cancer at 50-something as well, and he had prostate cancer. So my dad was very big on not getting prostate cancer and still ended up with another Mm -hmm. cancer. Um but that's, there's so many factors that go into all of these things. If we can change some things early on, we'll be able to hopefully um, prevent those things. But on a cellular level, a lot of that stuff started with our grandma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a lot of pieces and I could go a lot of places. What's next? So, fellas, you heard what she just said. Uh, understand that this stuff is very important. You know, you've been winging it for so long. You just out here, you know, you, I mean, your body count is astronomical. <laughs> you, need to, you need to reset that space, especially men that are looking to become a husband, looking for a wife. And if you're already a husband or in long term relationships, that's a gift to yourself, but also to your woman as a sign of respect, mm-hmm. you know. And for both. And she can do, y'all can do the steam together. Together, absolutely. Couple steam. Couple steam. I got a package for that. You know, so uh, take a look into that. I'm going to try it out myself. And it was funny that you said that you got feedback and they asked if it was for gay men. That, mm-hmm. you, you know, like this kind of, this type of thing, it shit needs to stop. Mm-hmm. 
But what the, I mean, I don't understand why men feel as though taking care of your body somehow is, you know, only for gay men. Mm-hmm. And this is why so many of us, especially black men, are dying for just simple stuff. You should be living just as long as these women are living. And yet you're not because you don't want to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do simple things that, you know, go to the doctor for say and just get a fucking checkup. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know what's going on. Even I know a lot of I know a lot about the systems of the body and I still go <laughs> for once in a while mm-hmm. and, and get a checkup. Like you cannot do this on your own. And a good place to start is where your root chakra is because a lot of people die and get pulled out of this plane because their root chakra gets corrupted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your root chakra for women is where the people come through. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and for men, this is where you give the people over to the women to bring into the world. Mm-hmm. Like this is the area that needs to be taken care of. This is the area that you're stuck in. This is why you can't get ahead in life. This is why you can't make proper decisions and so on and so forth because this area is blocked. Your root chakra is blocked. This is why you stuck. This all is this is why all your relationships only amount to fucking and eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because your root chakra is blocked. Yep. And this Yanni's team is gonna help you in that space because it's gonna affect the physical level of it. You see, so check that out. And matter of fact, is there anything that you wanted to any issue or topic that you wanted to talk about particularly that's been uh, on your mind lately? Um, to go back to the beginning, just as a doula, a lot of um, I would say some misconceptions about doulas. Um. Some people come to me and they're like, oh, I want you to be my doula. I want you to deliver my baby. Number one, no one is going to deliver your baby but you. Your baby's not a pizza, so no one's going to deliver it. Your body is going to deliver your baby. There may be a doctor there that might be giving you some commands or something, but really that doctor should be quiet and listen and be someone that is waiting for Mm -hmm. um, what's natural to occur to occur. They should be there to see if anything might be going a little uncomfortably or what have you they should be there to be more so of a coach but honestly you might not need them at all um but so to break it down and i never we never answered this right at the beginning Mm -hmm. but a doula is a professional labor and birth coach we are non-medically trained um to provide continuous mental physical educational and emotional support prior to labor during pregnancy and postpartum. We assist with breastfeeding. We have a wealth of information as far as procedures, um, comfort measures, what this means, what that means. Do I have to do this? They told me I have to, oh, the glucose test, oh, the ultrasounds, mm-hmm. all of this, all of that. Um, we have evidence. I have evidence-based um, information for you to refer to. When you tell yourself or when you decide that you want a doula, understand that doulas cost money. Um, yes. So you have to service. plan and prepare. 
a lot of times people come to me like, I want you to be my doula. I want you to be my doula. I want you to be my doula. Mm -hmm. And then I send them a contract and I don't hear from him anymore, which breaks my heart because it's like you, you didn't prepare for this. And then you feel as though the knowledge that you need that could potentially save your life isn't worth $800, but you go have a gender reveal with a big throne chair Mm -hmm. and you buy a dress and a cake to feed people and uh, streamers and Everything maybe Ciroc yeah. and Hennessy for the guests. That's oh, Casamigos. Casamigos. Um, you might do all of those things, but you didn't do what it took for you to have the information that you need to bring this baby mm-hmm. Earthside without stress and just, without being played yeah. by the system. And just set up the yours and the child's new beginning mm-hmm. with good foundation Mm -hmm. and peace because there's women that i see now all the time and um i want to reach out and i want to say please don't do that please don't do that but you already decided that the information that i have Mm -hmm. isn't valuable to you so i sit back with a broken heart and i watch women like oh my doctor said this and da 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 da." and i'm like damn a conversation with with me would it change that complete Mm -hmm. outcome i see women that are setting themselves up for a c-section I see that they don't want that they went in. They told their doctor, I want to have my baby vaginally. I want this baby to come out of me. Mm-hmm. I've had this and that going on. It's going to mean everything to me to have this baby out of my vagina. And the doctor plays you and strings you along. And then you get to a hospital or whatever the case may be. And you've been there for 24 hours and your baby's not out of your body yet. And they make you feel inadequate. Oh, you've been laboring for 24 hours and your water broke. And we're going to have to give you a C-section now. And you submit to it. And your man submits to it or your Mm -hmm. auntie that's there that's supposed to be your support person. They've been there sitting in the corner for 24 hours watching you go through this. They came in with Pitocin. They came in with this. They came in and said the other. And all you did was go with it. And I sit back with a broken heart to say, damn, all it would have took was for me to answer that question for you. Um, And you would have had a different outcome. And again, it's good to have me on your side. I'm not saying that you need me. But if we can say as parents that we want the best for our children and the best for them starts before they even get here. Yeah. And just with who you the, choose, yes. with the care, mm-hmm. with what you put in your body, with all of this. The gender reveals, the photo shoots, the extravagant baby showers, all of that stuff is not necessary. You, so many women go through that and all of that and they making a man that don't want the baby in the first place mm-hmm. come to a photo shoot and all of these or things put stress on the situation shirt. yeah for what it's going to look like <laughs> on the gram and then your baby gets here after you've been stressed about the due date that don't matter the fuck at all um get talked into an induction mm-hmm. because oh you this or you that well, all of that's bullshit and then you have a baby and y'all looking at each other. You looking at the baby, the baby looking at you. That Burberry shirt didn't matter at nope. the gender reveal. $300 that, that, that could have went to. That $500 throne yeah. chair that you paid for for three hours. That hall, that center, that caterer. All of that shit don't matter when you're looking at the baby now. Mm-hmm. Or you had the C-section and now you're traumatized. Mm-hmm. You went to the hospital. Now, this doesn't happen to everybody. Of course not. But again, our death rates and the statistics that happen for women that look like me is that we are three to six times more likely to die in these people's institutions because the, of the color of our skin and alone. And just from malpractice. That's it. And medical malpractice is the third leading cause of death in America. Yep. That means I, doctors they have fuck a name, up a whole they lot. They have a name for it. And it's called... Um, Man, I just I just spoke about it on the last podcast, but 
but it she's absolutely right if you uh listen to the last podcast episode 18 where i spoke about the symptoms or the solution um i think it's iogenic disease is what it's called and that is the medical malpractice mm-hmm. they caught they gave it a name and said it's the disease to make it seem like it's not them it is them they are practicing and that's what it is and you know we go in th- we know we it's been how long have we been dealing with this we go into their institutions and we don't come out mm-hmm. there's no need for that when you your body has is perfection they know this mm-hmm. they know our bodies are perfect they know that they don't need uh, we don't need them at all outside of extreme cases and our bodies t- will do everything you needed to do if you're for example the rule is if you're going if you're on birth control say you're on birth control for i don't know an extended period of time a lot of women what's the average time a woman usually stays on birth control is there any statistics for that um that you know not of? off the top of my head i don't know so let's make up a scenario say you were on birth control for two years right you mm-hmm. and you know as jay pointed out the minute you get off birth control you need to wait a little bit Ugh, a lot to of allow that. your system to kick start again and it's going to need some help usually nature takes half the time you've been in something to replace itself to basically heal itself so if you've been on birth control for two years you need at least a year for your body to naturally regain its sense of what it is it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying if you've been you know on drugs for five years you're going to need at least two and a half for your body to fully regain itself Mm -hmm. nature needs half the time that you were in whatever situation to heal itself completely and it's like you know and like our bodies do everything we needed to do we're mm-hmm. born with everything we need mm-hmm. yep. you know and it's it's like you know what one question i did have it was a just a personal question for myself i see a lot of women right right with nipple piercings mm-hmm can you breastfeed with nipple piercings? Yes, that's yes. what. After you take them out, like, does it come out the side? Does mm-hmm. it stop it from mm-hmm. happening? Like, I've always been curious about that. Um, as a woman who used to have nipple piercings, yes, the milk will come out of the hole, uh, sometime from the piercing. Yes. Mm. Um. So I didn't breastfeed with the piercings in. The piercings were gone before I got to my second round of breastfeeding mm-hmm. that I still am in, actually. Um. But yes, the the milk will come out of the holes, and no, you shouldn't breastfeed your baby with the nipple piercing in. Well, I hope not. I hope uh, they would take them know. out. You know, things yeah, things happen. You gotta walk things it, and hold, hold people by the hand with everything. Sometimes. Yeah, you do because again, a lot of people that think believe that just because something's natural that it will come naturally, mm-hmm. and that goes back into my doula. If you're somebody that's going to breastfeed you need help you need real expectations of what that's going to be like it's not as simple as putting the baby to a boob Mm -hmm. and they're going to drink it's Mm -hmm. a lot to it go back to the beginning when we were talking about those um unreal expectations that lead to the postpartum depression 
oh, my baby's not getting enough, and then you got Grandma Peggy like, that baby need a bottle. Put some cereal in that bottle. Or your friends want to go out, and you want to go out, and I see people uh, just having babies, especially the young girls. Oh, man, this baby need to go to sleep. This baby, no, 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 you want to do have a baby. Here the baby yeah. is. This baby always want to be held. The baby just lived in your body for 10 months. Mm-hmm. It wants you. You will be home forever. If you and your child are homeless up on the street, no matter where, y- where y'all lay your head, Baby is at home because you are there. Mm-hmm. You need someone on your side who is going to give you the real truth about this stuff. Yeah. And not just going to say, and usually this is what family does, especially if they didn't do what you want to do, just give the baby a bottle. You'll be all right. He'll be all right. You'll get to go to sleep. You should have known before you got pregnant that when baby gets here, it's not about you anymore. Well, it is. But uh, to a certain degree, it's not about you. You tired? Guess what? Rest up when you can because that baby needs you. You created it. You brought it here. You are responsible for its being. And being as though humans are the only ones who are like this, you know, uh, cows and horses and fish are born knowing what they need to know. They don't need someone to depend on them. They come out walking. Yep, pretty much. So they got up immediately. Yes, we immediately. we are the only dependent species on our mothers and, and things yeah. for extended periods for of time. For an extent, extended adolescence. And more, we yeah. are given the thought, oh, we had a baby. It needs to do this on its own. It needs to lay down in the room and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. We got people putting their babies in the crib in the dark, letting them cry it out. Yeah. If you were locked in a room and left alone. And somebody told you it's time to go to bed, but you aren't tired. You're not going to You're going to eventually cry. You're going to cry, too, and you're going to cry it out. Do you know what that cry out is? I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I don't have nothing left. They're not coming back for me. Mm-hmm. Trauma. Trauma right. is what you got that baby. Well, I needed to go to sleep. Why? Because you needed to go have sex with your man. You needed to have time for your man. You needed to do the work because you had to go back in six weeks. You need to do all these things that you feel as though you need, but then you've neglected your baby and been told it's okay. Because mm-hmm. you needed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because we have all of these unrealistic expectations. And it's crazy. And babies, like, they, they're they little people. I think the other expectation is about these babies and children as well. Mm-hmm. Toddlers. Um, Teenagers, all of them. They, people just manage them. Mm-hmm. They're not really rearing or raising them. They're just managing, yep. oh, shit, I had this baby. All right, let me feed it. Yep. All right, it's hungry. Let you me change eat diaper. You know, and they're not. These children and babies, they require entertainment. Mm -hmm. You, (laughs) this is why they keep telling people, this is why birth control, you know, I hope, well, we know why birth control was there, but Mm -hmm. one of this, you know, things that it could be useful for is just not having babies when you're not ready, Mm -hmm. you know, in an early stage, like in the teen years, early Mm -hmm. 20s, like that's nobody's going to knock you for that mm-hmm. however when you have this child and you're doing things like as jay pointed out and you're just oh just go put the baby to sleep or oh i'm trying to go out or this kind of thing what was like it, it almost you have you're winging it you know mm-hmm. you're having these babies by accident and mm-hmm. you really don't understand what it takes to really truly get in there and rear these children like you just become a baby manager for the state in corporations you're just managing this baby until it can get old enough to go work for some corporation to take care you know to take uh advantage of people in the planet Mm -hmm. or to be a statistic that's all you're doing you're not putting any effort in 
So when you don't put any effort in, and then you wonder why your child grows up and is the one that's out here shooting people, or mm-hmm. the child that grows up out here fucking everybody in the hood, or yeah. in the neighborhood, or in the school, or in the business, your child becomes you know these are extreme cases, but right. you know your child your 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 girl grows up to be the porn star, mm-hmm. your girl grows up to be you know whatever the crackhead or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be is because you put no effort in the entire time yep. or minimal effort and we all we're all victims of being we tired are. being overwhelmed because our parents didn't know yeah, all the stuff that, look they all the stuff that jay learned she had to learn on her own on my own all the, stuff, the last these, listen all these podcasts that i've been doing i had to learn all this stuff on my own you know my parents weren't dumb they just some a lot of this stuff they didn't know because they were in Manage mode. Mm-hmm. They had to work. They had to feed. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. You know, they just surviving. Yep. And a lot of the stuff we do, you know, the same reason why in slavery we weren't taught to read and write is the same reason science and social studies isn't taught to us now. Because if you don't know, then you don't know. And you give yourself excuses like, well, my mom did it mm-hmm. and that person did it, so I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And for the most part, we are okay. But think about a time when you weren't feeling so well. Someone came up to you and said, how you doing? What you going to say? Fine. That's a blanket statement. It sounds good. It stops people from asking further questions and you leave it alone. So you can be alone with it and twiddle your thoughts in your own mind, which isn't healthy. Yeah. And... You know, speaking, you brought up the science and social studies. Mm. So Jade is also a teacher. She's an educator. And, you know, even with the science and social studies, right? Mm. The science, per se. It's being manipulated and whitewashed. It is. But it's still, even at that level, it's still still necessary. The social studies, on the other hand, you know, because there's a difference between intelligence and education. Yep. You know. And I there's think that there's a lot that, of educated, ignorant Negroes. Yes, Negros. there's a lot of educated dumbasses, mm-hmm. and they, and a lot of times they got multiple degrees. They just stuck in academia. Oh, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to get my second master's mm-hmm. uh, for what? Mm-hmm. For why are you wasting your time there? Mm-hmm. You could be out here helping people or doing whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. and you wasting your time in academia because there's no real intelligence there. Because intelligence is different. You gotta, you know, make. For the most part, you teach the babies the basic history, basic world history, teach them basic things, how to treat people. Mm-hmm. And that's how, and you'll see intelligence come through, you know? So as an educator, what is it that you're seeing on the inside? Schools? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing that I don't even want to be an educator anymore, and that's been my feeling for the last couple of years. I know my presence in school is necessary necessary because the children need to be able to relate to someone. Mm-hmm. And that's probably been the biggest thing for me. I work with special needs children and for the last five years I've been special needs and I was in a program called ILC, which stands for Intensive Learning Center. In layman's terms, that's quote unquote, the bad kids. Um, and what it really is is the children that have higher levels of trauma and the quote-unquote adhd add or whatever the case may be but behind those diagnosis diagnoses are usually my dad's in jail my mom has six kids we have 
terrible living situations, um, and high levels of trauma. So, um, with being in different schools, I've been in public schools, I've been in charter schools, I've been in gen ed, I've been in special ed now, and what remains is that there are clear black and white lines in mostly every situation I've ever been in. The best situation, I enjoyed charter school the most um, because the charter schools I worked at were black owned and operated. Um, so the dynamic was different. There was no special ed in um, the private school and there was a lot less resources. The teacher was the resource and I had a lot of su success and the teacher, you know, it was always sending the bad kid to Miss Johnson. And the reason that the I was successful with the quote unquote bad kid was because I was relatable. So if we send our kids to institutions like schools to be indoctrinated by people that don't look like us, that are being taught um, whitewashed information and outdated information, and we still mm -hmm. got Christopher fucking Columbus being taught, <laughs> but we got laws being passed that we can't teach about the KKK and stuff, what mm -hmm. are we really doing? Mm -hmm. So we have to educate our children at home. I very much so don't hate the fact that I have to send my children to school. Yeah. But my kids are just get my kids are the students that are gonna ruffle the teacher's feathers and mm -hmm. gonna ask questions yeah. and say that ain't true and they gonna call me and say Miss Johnson Jada was being disrespectful and I'm gonna say no, her education, uh her intelligence mm -hmm. is higher than is higher education. than yours. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's been intuitive since she got here. Mm -hmm. Um and she's gotten in trouble, quote unquote, in school for telling other kids shit like it ain't no Santa Claus. Well, Miss Brown, don't call me talking about Jada told them it ain't no Santa Claus. Because <laughs> is it a Santa Claus? Well, exactly. you're killing their dreams. Well, guess what? I'm going to kill yours now, too, and say don't fucking call me and say that bullshit yeah. no more. Crazy, because man. she doesn't have to uh, shrink her reality mm -hmm. for your fantasy. Yeah. Um, and we have to advocate for our children. We have to advocate for our children. Absolutely. So to tie this back to having babies, who you have a baby with is important. That's because important. if he's a Muslim and you're a Christian, um, or if he's a vegan and, and you like not, hot dogs, yeah, or yeah, all of these things go, it's deep. And all of this goes into our children. Yep. So it, it, It's important that you choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, so... Mm -hmm. You know, and this goes into a whole different topic, but, you know, just it's important that you choose wisely. Mm -hmm. So prepare yeah. and know what you're doing and, and know when you're ovulating. It. So stop they know. winging it. And so, stop trying to have these keep a nigga babies, y'all. It ain't going to keep them. It hasn't worked <laughs> since the beginning of time. It's no. not going to work. Mm -mm. It's not going to work because he'll roll and start a whole new family. Yeah. And we got to have, we got to have more conversations about that too, mm -hmm. where we have children growing up without parents, Fathers, right? Yeah. We do. Parents, mother or father. We have those of us who get pregnant at young ages. And, mm -hmm. um, I had this baby. You helped me had this baby. No, we was 14 and 15 and we was fucking mm -hmm. and a baby came from it. And we have to wear that hat forever because of a decision that we made as a child. A lot of that goes back into the parents mm -hmm. needing to be active and involved and mm -hmm. have these conversations. But 
we have to tell the truth and we have to have some accountability yeah. so they can use discernment it, exactly yeah. because we have children that grow up and they hate their father and they hate this person and they hate that person and they haven't been told the truth yep. i got pregnant on purpose because i thought it would keep him mm-hmm. he didn't want you he told me he didn't want he didn't know who you were he hadn't met you yet he didn't want to have a baby mm-hmm. and you were what came to be from this he probably loves you from a distance but women, a lot of times men get the short end of the stick and you yeah, and deadbeat and you yeah, ain't this. And all along, your mama wasn't shit. Your mama, look. And Jay the one to say it. Yeah, look. Hey, black, bo- look. <laughs> black boys being, you know, the black, especially the, the, the boys and, and, and the girls too, you know, being told as a child that your dad ain't shit for the failures of your mother is a thing that happens all the time. time. And we, and I said before earlier, accountability, there's Mm -hmm. no accountability. You know, every, anything that go, if the relationship don't go right, it's always the father's fault. Always. There's never, I have never in my life met any woman that has talked about her past relationship, you know, and said that, oh, that was my fault. I was tripping. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this expectation and it was unrealistic or mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. You know, the the best that I've heard so far was we both had some things that, that were, that we brought to the table that kind of, you know, deteriorated the relationship. But it's never, it was me. It was, it was on me. You know, they always want to, you know, a lot of women like to, throw the man in there to for some type of validation or wider relationship and it just take accountability for mm-hmm. yourself don't worry mm-hmm. about what he did or didn't do if you're not in a relationship no more mm-hmm. just say look as a woman i had this expectation i had a little bit of cosmic dissonance if that was the case or i was cheating or whatever the case just take accountability for it mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to these children you having children after he done told you he don't want no children and there's been situations where Women have been on birth control, mm-hmm. and then they stopped taking it, didn't tell him, mm-hmm. and now she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he like, well, what, what, like, what? How are you pregnant? He was on. Oh, I stopped taking it because I didn't like the way it make you feel. Which mm-hmm. is fine, mm-hmm. but you gotta tell the man and you stole his. Basically, there's you stole his bloodline. Mm-hmm. So now, even though if he, even if he's there for you, there for the child. He still has resentment because he told mm-hmm. you he didn't want no children mm-hmm. at that time. He wasn't ready. Or you end up bitter because he loving that baby in a way that he never loved you. Yeah. So you secretly despise your daughter, yep. especially if it's a girl. You <laughs> secretly despising your daughter and coming up with anything to complain about Yelling about it. And let me tell you, you look just like the nigga. Listen, <laughs> the motherhood trauma that girls go through mm-hmm. that is never talked about mm-hmm. she your dad ain't the problem mm-hmm. your father most of the time when it's a single mother is not the problem mm-hmm. him not being there did not cause you to be the way you he wasn't there mm-hmm. so he can't really have no blame outside of not being there your relationship with your mother is what caused your trauma the way she treated you the way she talked down to you when you wanted to dress up and go out oh why you got that on when you Mm -hmm. look like you're a little Mm help that is where the trauma comes in but again that all stems from the situation 
happening leading up to getting pregnant mm-hmm. if there wasn't any foundation there mm-hmm. then what do you expect what to did happen? you expect there was as you as jay said you know prevention is better than a cure mm-hmm. now there's no cure for what you're going through yep or and then we got our communities where go to counseling oh we've been taught not to tell yeah, our we'll business and we'll go to religion we'll go to church and, and let the pastor you know the pastor he's not a first of all he's not a counselor he don't know what the fuck he's talking about he can't help you in that respect all he can do is give you some general life advice and try to tie it into a bible first that's not therapy mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten you ain't even going to go tell him the truth because you already know that he going to judge yes because that ain't of the bible or of y'all religion or whatever the case may be and if the curtain was drawn back on him y'all probably leave the whole congregation for y'all seen the wizard of oz so you know it, it just all of this goes back to what jay said be prepared for when you're going to go into motherhood and fatherhood. Be prepared when you're going into creationhood. Be prepared when you're going into the bedroom and busting it open. That's it. Okay. Ain't nobody saying you can't bust it open. I hope you got Megan knees. <laughs> listen, I hope that, you know what I'm saying? You got, you, y'all getting it in, having mm-hmm. fun with the swing, mm-hmm. you know. Respectfully. <laughs> You know, get a little toy involved, mm-hmm. get some strokes, you know, using a vibrator at the same time. Like, do your thing. Right. Be However, know your plan. Have a plan. And, not, and, and like I said, know your body a little better. Be able to say, like, hey, you know, I'm ovulating right now. Mm-hmm. I, we don't want no children, right? Right. So we, no, don't. we don't want no children. All right, then. Look. Give me about two days, two, three days, and I'll, you know, I'll bring the knees out. I'll pull them out of the closet for you, one, you, you know, after that time. You got to watch your knees, but you got to know your whole fertile window. You got to know when. Because some women because are fertile fine. longer than others. Mm-hmm. The lead up to <laughs> ovulation is uh, probably more important than ovulation itself. Your egg can only survive for 24 hours, mm-hmm. but sperm can live in your body for five days. Mm-hmm. Sure Check can. my Instagram about fertile mucus. It, it goes we'll into like this that. little pocket or something, right? It sits in like this little pocket in the in the fornix. So sperm. Mm-hmm. So sperm can live in your body for five days period they can they can chill in your crevices they can they hanging out waiting for they waiting for the egg to come all those people so they can try and contrary to popular belief i don't know what your belief is the egg chooses the sperm not vice versa it it decides who it lets Mm -hmm. in when you see those videos and it's like the the egg is um i mean the sperm is like Bumping up against yep. a glass wall, and then some one makes it in. That's because that's the one that got she chosen. selected. Listen, as I told the analogy I used before, it's a war going on outside, mm-hmm. and the egg is just sitting there watching. And I'm like, all right, you the one. I like, I like, mm-hmm. I like your vigor. So mm-hmm. you, you, you the one. And I keep telling y'all, this stuff is not random. It's not random at all. Every system is not random. To this world that we live in, our bodies, everything is perfection. Do you know the timing that goes into everything? Yep. If there's a second off in the gestation process of when that, from mitosis to et cetera, et cetera, a second off, that by her body will abort that 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 baby, mm-hmm. or that baby is going to have a dysfunction. Yep. And a lot of dysfunctions are now looked at as normal. It's not normal. It's common. 
Common and normal are two totally different yes, things. Yes, it is. It's not, it's not normal. So something happened in that pregnancy. The time, some, the timing was off. Or before. You know? So yeah. this and, stuff is an intricate machine. Yeah. Our body is the most immaculate thing it, on this it's earth. It's phenomenal. Like, it, we don't really even, it's like, when you look at it and you compare it to the rest of the planet, to the rest of the systems on the planet, we don't belong here. Mm. We stand out so much. And this is what the reason why I do this podcast and the reason why I have some of these guests on is to let y'all know this is not, it's by design. Mm-hmm. There is thing, you can't be winging it out here. You have a brain, you have intelligence, use it. Think about what you're doing. And, you know, get it done. Like, stop winging it. Like, that's, I, that's the best thing I can tell you. Like, you have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And then if you need, you got the JJ. Yep. And I'm here. And I want to talk. And I want to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I want to speak. Y'all heard how passionate she is. She's <laughs> talking about it. I so. want to sp- And I have so much more to say. But again, I like to reserve my information for the people that find value in it. Because, mm-hmm. and that's, mm-hmm. that's how... I know who my clients are because I'll talk to people and even my, of course, my friends. And are oh, you going to be my doula? You're going to be my doula? You're going to be my doula? Mm-hmm. Baby, come. And I didn't answer all of your questions or whatever for free to get you started. And mm-hmm. then I don't hear nothing from you no more. You don't need me no more until yeah. something happens. Something happens. Or you get a, you get something now, from the or, doctor. That yeah. Or like, oh, this is going on. Even and I still, I still answer the phone. People I ain't heard from and I don't know how long a call and I answer the phone. Oh, my such and such got this and that going on and da, 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 cool. And because I have a heart and I don't want these outcomes to happen to us, I'll answer the question. And then it could be like, all right, you know, just drop me a little something in my cash app. Mm-hmm. Cash app empty as hell. <laughs> empty as hell. Burberry shoes and shit like that still happening and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But again, I want the best for us. But I want people to value what I have to say mm-hmm. because I'm worth every penny that I charge. Mm-hmm. Every penny. And to the point where my clients, I get tips. I was flown to Atlanta. I was paid for 10 months and then flown to Atlanta to attend a home birth. Okay. They paid me for 10 straight months and then paid for me to fly there, paid for me to stay, paid for me to eat and tip me. Guess what? How much money did that sound like to you? And it's still cheaper than a hospital visit. Yeah. And again, I was not the only piece there. They had a, a home birth, so they had a midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in Atlanta. I was advising her from Delaware over FaceTime and making her feel more comfortable than her doctor did. Mm-hmm. Over the phone. I helped them to be secure in their decisions. Like, whoa, this don't sound right, Jade. And I'm like, you're right. That's not right. It's not right. They didn't have a bunch of ultrasounds because you don't mm-hmm. need a bunch of ultrasounds. Um, those, those, oh, I, I can't the, stand when I see a woman, my baby was high and he didn't want to show his face. He's shy. No, you were invading his space. Mm-hmm. There are the ultrasound waves are affecting the baby. Yep. Your womb is dark and quiet and, and peaceful mm-hmm. for the baby. You bumping this, uh, fetoscope thingy all up against the belly and the baby's hiding the baby's that, that noise is loud. And if you know anything about how microwave waves and those things yep. work, they're invasive. Your it's baby's not invasive. hiding. It's no need for this ultrasound. And if a doctor's sending you every week and you're told that you have a normal it's pregnancy, a you're getting played. 
there it's a money grab oh you can go to maternal oh i get to see my baby i get to see my baby i get to see my baby and even if something's wrong looking at your baby and looking at your baby and looking at your baby is not going to save it if something's wrong with the baby are you going to abort it no stop looking stop being driven by fear all you're doing is lying in these people's pockets Mm -hmm. and driving your fear up which is setting you up for a c-section and there's a good documentary if those of you who haven't seen it uh it's called the business of baby the business of being born Mm-hmm. that that one too and there's one called the business of baby mm-hmm. and look it up and it it, it it's mind-boggling mm-hmm. the things that they charge you for that yep. you don't ever have to pay yep. if you just allow do what you're supposed to do take care of your body and allow your body to do what it's designed to do mm-hmm. and if yeah. you if you're someone that knows or think i want to have a home birth look up what it costs to have a home birth because i have listen i have people all the time you're gonna help me have a baby girl we're gonna have this baby at home and a midwife and mm. all of this then you find out that midwife midwife costs 6800 and then it's oh well she wasn't what i thought it would be don't no, don't downplay it say that i wasn't prepared yeah. my doula services start at 800 dollars. period that's 800 dollars over 10 months I attend a birth that might last two hours or might last 24 hours. You can call me 24 hours a day. You can text me. You can FaceTime with me. I'll attend your doctor's appointments. I'll come to your house. I'll cook food for you. Mm-hmm. I'll change the baby. I'll educate your husband. I'll help you and your husband figure out that y'all ain't really compatible <laughs> um, in this more. birth room. Um, <laughs> I will have you thinking about things that you didn't even know mm-hmm. at all because we don't know. That's $80 a month. $80 a month. Y'all drink more than that. Exactly. If you went to Firestone last week and you spent $80, mm-hmm. you did. Mm-hmm. That gender reveal? Oh, yeah. Again, we can go on, but it's things that you could have omitted. Oh, I want this Mama Roo. I want this stroller. You ain't going on no that fucking stroller, walks with that, that stroller. That, that, uh, them strollers with the three wheels, mm-hmm. them shit is like $300. And this bitch ain't went jogging yet? I didn't mean to call you a bitch. But you know what I mean? Like, you ain't going jogging. You want all of this stuff because it looks nice. Yeah, and these, yeah. um, all of this stuff is a business. So they know what to do to rope, rope us in. Problem, they know reaction, solution. The Hegelian dialectic is what it's called. They have devices now, a Bluetooth device, which don't belong nowhere near your baby, mm-hmm. a device to put on a diaper, and it'll send a message to your phone <laughs> to tell you, change the baby's diaper. Now, I'm here to tell you, if you need that, you don't need a baby okay those monitors and all that kind of stuff is all microwave waves and bluetooth waves that are constantly giving off emf radiation to disturb your child's brain function Mm -hmm. to disturb your brain function your wi-fi box is fucking with your brain but all of this stuff is stuff that we don't know when you feel like you need to watch the baby and you need to do this and you need to do that you do need to do a lot of things but a lot of this stuff is complete fluff and filler that we are being subjected to and i just want to educate people on this stuff because it's never ending it's really never ending and the inductions the products the everything that you thought you didn't everything that you thought you know that you don't actually know is really happening um we ain't really touch on induction but i want to talk about that a little bit too um because we in 2021 now and the induction rates are through the roof where we got women who are being told oh you're 39 weeks we can go ahead and induce you and you're tired and all of those things and it's like okay i'm gonna go ahead and get this induction and 
you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, being 39 weeks isn't the reason to get an induction. It being 4th of July weekend isn't the reason for you to get an induction. Your baby's not too big. Vaginas don't have weight limits. Nope. Um, your pelvis isn't too small. Um, all of those things that they try to get you, rope you in with, all of that stuff is fluff and filler so they can schedule their bag. And that's really what it boils down to. I had um, a client last year. Her baby actually just turned one. And she called me and was like, man, J-Day told me, oh, you 39 weeks, you can come on down. I'm like, Don't, what, what is this, the, the, the mission? We got bids available, you can come on down. Like, why would I just come in and allow y'all to pump some stuff into my body? And the statistics of what goes in to uh, those inductions and stuff are crazy. If your body's not ready, it's nothing they, they can do to make it ready. They can call you in and plug you up to this machine and pump some synthetic oxytocin into you and give you an epidural. And them two things alone just set you up six times more likely to have a C-section. And then they'll be saying, oh, it's an emergency C-section. It wasn't emergent until you yeah. intervened. So they set it up. They know it. They, Absolutely. They, here's, they know what they're doing. They Absolutely. know that they have a, a 80% chance of a C-section when they're giving you this stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the higher-ups know. The nurse doesn't know. Mm. A lot of the residents and stuff, they don't know. But mm-hmm. again, they just doing what they were taught in a book. Yep. So they haven't been they real live. They exactly. T- practice. Practice. They are it's practicing. A practice. And a lot of people don't even know that you can say, I don't want these students in my room. Yep. I don't want these people. I don't ever want to see them. But if you don't know that you have options, then you don't. If your man is in the corner Listen. with his phone playing yeah. Snake, yep. then bring, he some of them bring their whole PlayStation. Oh, you know what? I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I, and I boy, listen. listen. I, when they they had the resident in our delivery room, right? She didn't know what the hell she was doing. Mm-hmm. She she literally, I remember looking up and she was in the corner, standing there in the corner like this. Mm-hmm. They had to bring in, it was a midwife that was there on call. It was a black lady. I can't remember her name. She was amazing. She came in there and made quick work of the situation. Baby came right out. I cut the cord. I seen the baby come out. I, I just remember everything being numb on my body. I didn't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. I just remember, she was like, okay, you can cut it now. I, I don't even remember the feel of the scissors. I just remember I cut it mm-hmm. and I saw the baby come out. But the, the student the president was standing there in the corner. Mm. Like, I was like, why are you here? One of my births a couple months ago in March and one that I had in May, the, well, the one in March, the baby came so fast. Mm. Um, and the nurse poor, her name was Whitney. Poor Whitney was so shocked and I had to help her through it. And she's like, Oh my gosh, the baby's coming out. We need to get the doctor. I'm like, Whitney, breathe. She's like, the cords around the baby's neck. Whitney, all you gotta do is unwrap it. You have to unwrap it. The baby's still connected to the placenta. That cord being around the neck is okay unless the cord is too short. So mm-hmm. all you need to do is unravel it. Nurses will literally try to hold the baby in because the doctor's not present. Doctor won't get paid if he's not present. Mm-hmm. So they're literally trying to hold the baby in, trying to tell you when to push, trying to tell you when to go. And all of that stuff is causing trauma to your body when that sphincter is trying to push the baby out. And that muscle ain't nothing that you can do to hold it in. Um, but anyway, poor Whitney, I had to guide her through it. Unwrap the cord, 
it's okay. Then, of course, a thousand people stormed in. Yeah. So this is trauma now Mm -hmm. for my mom. And I'm trying to keep Whitney calm and keep my mom calm now because all of these people have now came into the room. She didn't have an epidural because you don't need one of those. So her oxytocin is flowing as it should. But the second that fear comes in and all of these people that they don't know, your adrenaline kicks in. Once adrenaline kicks in, that's what's going to save your life. So that oxytocin turns off. Mm -hmm. So these nurses and stuff, again, they're trained to do what they can under the guise of a doctor. In another situation, we got residents talking to the mom and I'm seeing her transition. So transition is the phase where your body is ready. So literally think of transition. A new being is about to come. Mm -hmm. Your body is transitioning into the birth phase. So... Um, I'm watching her transition. I'm listening to her body. I'm listening to the noises that she's making. She mm-hmm. goes from totally quiet to making noise. And these people are in her face asking her questions. I'm like, ma'am, you need to stop talking. This baby's about to come out. Oh, well, she hasn't. You need to be quiet. And at this point, again, I don't, as a doula, I don't speak for you, but I will advocate for you when I need to, especially, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. You need to stop talking to her right now. Well, we're going to go get the doctor. By the time her next contraction came, she's loud enough. I lift the sheet. Baby's coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's time. We need to, we need to, we need to, we need to. You needed to be quiet and you needed to listen. But in those institutions, it's typically on their time and they're taught to do things this way. Right. Just because I'm pregnant and you're pregnant don't mean that you can treat us the same way. But we all get treated the exact same way. So as the doula, I help to bridge that gap. I hope to have you prepared for what could happen, to have everything in writing. And again, having the plan isn't really, the power isn't in mm-hmm. the plan. The power is in the education. Right. So if you know what you're going up against, if you know your opponent, you know how to play. Mm-hmm. That's all. I tell my daughter that now. Tell everyone that. If you know what you're dealing with, you know how to um, mm-hmm. navigate. Yep. So That's it. Yep. And... and that's been a lot. Mm-hmm. So I hope you all had your notepads out. <laughs> you know, and this is you know we're most likely going to have Jade back on because there's other topics mm-hmm. that what she does, you know, whether it's being an educator or a doula, ties into because all this stuff ties into each other. Mm-hmm. So oh, with that, okay. we're going to end the uh, breakfast bar with Jade Johnson and Jade. One more time, give out your information so they know where to find you. Instagram. At underscore V A J A Y J A D E. Um, my website is again under construction, but it's V A J A Y J A D E dot com. If you're interested in doula services or placenta encapsulation, you can email me at jade at vajayjade.com. So that's J A D E at V A J A Y J A D E dot com. If you have questions, personal questions, you can book a consultation. Um, they are $35 for 30 minutes. My time is definitely precious, and you will get a lot out of that time. You can ask as many questions as you want. If it gets invasive, then we go longer. Um, but I'm here. And Sunday, Sundays, for those of you who are in and surrounding Wilmington, Delaware, I offer Steams on location. You can book through my website. I'm sorry, my link tree is on my Instagram to book for your Sunday steams. Men and women alike. We got to change these narratives, guys. All right. And you heard it. So um, 
enjoy yourselves. Make sure you're prepared. As she said, preparation is better than a cure. Put down that Pepsi and Pop Tart, <laughs> and then we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. Thank you for coming on, Jade. Thank you for having me after finally getting here after yeah, so long. <laughs> it's been months I've been trying to get her on here, but I'm glad you're here. You came when you were supposed to come. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking Podcast Breakfast Bar Edition. I hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. She's a wealth of knowledge, and I'm very grateful to call her my friend. And as you can see, she she's brilliant, as I said. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify. And as I said, I'll link to if you would like to support the podcast, I'll link to that. If you like the track that you hear, I'll link to that. And I'll also link to Jade's information if you want to follow up with her. If you have any questions, as she said, she pointed out how you can uh, answer questions and get a hold of her. Until next time, peace. Stay dangerous.